I've thought long and hard. What do I say on a podcast that I really don't want to talk about anymore? I've talked about film. I've talked about music. I think music to me is much more, that's in my DNA. As I've said before, it will always kill me. I should say that, but it's true. It, it will always kind of cut me a little that I can't play an instrument. It always will. My father can play guitar. He thinks he can sing, but he can't. <laughs> we don't tell him that. My mother likes it because I guess he used to sing to her when they were first dating. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know, when you're under a spell, you're under a spell. Huh. Um, but, I mean, I can attest to, you know, to this day, this is, this is my relationship with music. No intro because I'm really tired of the intros. I'm tired in general. Um, a long time ago, I was adulting. That's what we'll call it. And they put on Black Magic Woman by Santana. And I went, okay. So to this day, when I hear that song or sing that song, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, an interesting response. Now, I don't have that response with Oimi Como Va. Because Oimi Como Va, we would listen to in high school. And um, I tried to play guitar. It didn't work. My cousin tried to teach me. My, my brother's friend tried to teach me. I finally just sold him the guitar and said, fuck it, have it. I thought about buying a bass years ago, and I thought, no, I'll leave that to Justin Chancellor of Tool. <laughs> uh, I can sing a little bit. It, it, it takes a lot for me to sing a really good microphone. <laughs> um, when we were in Hawaii about six years ago, and they had a karaoke machine because, you know, if you're Filipino, you have a karaoke machine. That's what they told me. And my sister-in-law's family is very, very welcoming, very, very communal. And um, probably a little more than my, my father's side of the family, even the Portuguese side of the family. They're not really like that. It's kind of like, you know, in terms of the culture and everything, maybe they used to when my grandmother was alive. Um, both grandmothers, actually. And... Um, I, they said, hey, do you want to sing? And I said, okay. So I picked a song. The song that I picked was uh, Audio Slave, like a stone. Because, as I've said before, when you're coming up and you want to sing, you don't pick the safe singer. You pick the singer who has to climb over cliffs vocally. And it's like, I remember telling my friend in college, oh, God, I would give my left nut to really glide like Chris Cornell. I can a little bit, a little bit, a little tiny bit. And then I get hoarse and, you know, um, yes, I know how to sing from the diaphragm. It's kind of tricky. Right now I'm talking from the diaphragm. So now if I talk like this at work, that kind of freaks them out. They're like, oh my God, this is real voice. So it kind of is my real voice. If I, if I calm it a little bit and come at it from <laughs> the way that I need to come at it, um, yeah, so my relationship with music is very, very strong. And um, it's not just background noise to me. I don't, I don't understand that. I mean, even, even bad music, <laughs> when uh, you're adulting. And I remember years ago, Lady Gaga, probably around this time, had put out Born This Way. Great album. Great album. And the person I was adulting with, because I don't kiss and tell... Um, 
put on Born This Way and we were doing something and I'm like, ah, change it. Because I don't, I don't want to associate that with this. <laughs> maybe another song, maybe, you know, some Sade. I, I mean, you know, that, that's always kind of the funny thing with Sade is I think people associate her music with adulting, with sex. And the first time I heard Sade, is it Sade or Sade? Huh, I was probably five. I'll never forget the first time I heard that. The first time I heard Smooth Operator, I didn't know what it was about. My brother would make fun of it. She sounds like a man. Well, my brother, come on. If you'd listen to some of the shit he listens to, come on. And I remember listening to it as a little kid and thinking, that's such a, that's such a unique voice. Didn't know what to make of it. And then I heard The Sweetest Taboo. Oh, I'll never forget that. And No Ordinary Love when I was a teenager. And... um. She is probably the one person that I've always wanted to see in concert, always. I've known people who have seen her. They tell me she takes her shoes off and she sings. And it's like, okay, okay. But, um, yeah, my, my relationship with music is... My relationship with music is basically... It's in my bloodstream because it's... My grandmother sang. My uncle Pofidio sang. They did duets together in Spanish. Last night, strangely enough, my friend, she'd asked me, can you sing in Spanish? And I thought, and I, and I didn't want to send her a clip of me singing in Spanish. So I looked at the pronunciations that I can say, like, oi me como va. All right, okay, because I am half, you know. And then I found um, that Linda Ronstadt, where she sang, you know, because she was Mexican and she sings in Spanish. So I was able to phrase a little bit and I thought, okay, okay. So if that ever comes in handy, um, you know, my father, he had a mariachi um, for his 70th. And yeah, that was intense. That was intense. So that's where the cultures kind of collide. You know, the, the Portuguese, we, my, because they have a dance called the Chambarita. And then um, just different things. When I, different memories and different. You know, my grandmother always told us she would take us to the Azores and Portugal. The Azores are totally different. My family are island people. These little islands called the Azores. And then my and then the mainland is Portugal. And she told us she would take us and then she died. And it didn't happen. And um yeah, it was it was sad. It was very sad. Um so and then of course Spain. You know, <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I do know. But music for music for me, you know, and my cousins would make fun of it. My love of it. My brothers would make fun of it. You always have to have music. And it's like, well, yeah. Or people would say to me in a very no- negative connotation, oh, just put your headphones on. That always bothered me. I thought, why? What's wrong with me having them on? And I'm not, and I wasn't really escaping because I had to hear the music so much and it's screaming inside of me and it's like, boom, you know. I joined choir when I was in high school. I couldn't read music. I bowed out and then, I think I've talked about this before. That's how tired I am. And um, I had a friend in, call, in high school and she loved country music and I was not a big country music fan. And we would swap CDs Remember CDs? 
And one day she said to me, um, her name is Nicole. I have often wondered what happened to her. She uh, joined the military right after high school. Um, I think she joined it for a man. But anyway, um, I remember the last time I saw her, I saw her, I was in college and I saw her at Barnes and Noble. That was a, that was, I haven't seen her since. Um, but I remember we had a study hall and we'd go outside. We'd ask the teacher, can we go outside? Sure. And she was saying to me one day, you know, I have these duets that I have to do and my duet partner is not here. And she knew I could sing. And I said, okay. And they were country songs. And I said, all right. One was a Garth Brooks, Trisha Yearwood song. And I said, okay, I'll sing it with you. And I sang it with her and she went, oh my God, you can sing. And I said, yeah, I guess. And she was like, why didn't you join choir? And I said, I can't read music. I can, I have a good memory. So if I know where to put my voice, I can put it. And she went, okay. So she showed me some things. And then we just sing duets. And um, it was nice. It was a good feeling. It was a good feeling. And um, I think she told me I was a tenor. But then, like, I could do something with it. Because my voice was very, my voice is really strange. It's always been strange. And, um, yeah. Yeah. It always bothered me because I, you know, as my... My friend would say, as I got older, yeah, your voice kind of gives things away. Like, uh, what is it? Uh, what is it she said to me? You don't look how you talk. That's what she said to me. She meant, and this was a friend in college. She meant it in the nicest possible way. Because I look tough, but then I open my mouth and people are like, oh. Where'd he come from? <laughs> Where'd he come from? So, um, yeah. Uh... As I record this, it is not lost on me that six years ago, we lost Chris Cornell. I grew up, I've often said Soundgarden was the first, I was not into Nirvana. I was not into Nirvana. I didn't get into them until I was much older, probably in my 20s. No, no, 19, 19. And, um, but the first rock band I ever loved was Soundgarden. It was always Soundgarden. I remember the first time I ever saw the Black Hole Sun video. That video was so striking because <laughs> it was so evil. Or I didn't think it was evil, but that's, <laughs> that kind of tells you <laughs> where my mind was. I thought it was funny. And then, um, what is it? Uh, then I got into them. And then, you know, they put out, oh, God. Um, what is that song? Um, uh I don't want to sing it right now. Well, they put out like, uh, what is it? Um, where he's singing about there she goes. Uh, and he's shot his love today and all that shit. And then who? Uh, what's the other one? I mean, that was, and then they broke up soon after. I have a cousin who saw them. He was like, oh my God. The fact that you love Soundgarden... And then I told him that I could sing a little of, uh, um, uh, now I'm forgetting the song, uh, Audio Slaves, uh, Like a Stone. And I sent him a clip of me once singing, um, Blow Up the Outside. And he went, damn. But then he said, oh, the reverb, I can hear the reverb. So of course you can hear the reverb. Um, so, yeah, yep. 
So my relationship with music is much stronger than film. I wanted to be a filmmaker or an actor. I studied to be an actor. It didn't happen, and that's fine. It, it's not really something I lose sleep over. Um, <laughs> I mean, sometimes what I do as a teacher, I do have to act a little bit. It's like, okay. One time a student said something very derogatory about me, and I was like, whatever. Dust it off your shoulder. Pretend they don't exist. And I did. I, I did. And um, <laughs> like today, I was a bunch of them were misbehaving. And I found if I take my glasses off and stare at them, and my eyes kind of are really dark, and uh, uh, I wouldn't say intimidating. I've never been told that. So I just kind of looked at them and kind of squinted. And I went, okay, why are you doing that? Uh, I don't know. Or like one of them cussed. Did you, did you cuss? No. And I looked at him and I said, tell me the truth. Did you cuss? And I said it just like that. And I stared at him. I said, tell me the truth now. And he said, yes, I did. And he looked away and I said, well, here's what we can do. You know not to talk like that. Now I could, you know where I could send you, but I'm not going to because obviously you are embarrassed by what you said. Don't say it again. Then I put my glasses back on because I can't. <laughs> it's so blurry for me. And I am considering getting contacts so that I could really scare them. Huh. But yeah, my, my relationship with music is so strong. So uh, there's no word to really describe it. And when, when I'm able to play it at work for them, like we played Ice Cubes today. Has, today was a good day because I love that song. And then... Um, the two students who love Bring Me the Horizon and, uh, uh, you know, we all bonded. And then it was funny, this one student, she's really funny and I have to give her kudos because she, she's bratty. But at the same time, she passed an exam and I said, then we have to celebrate. So I said, what song do you want? And she's a seventh grader. Barbie Girl. Okay, we'll put on Barbie Girl. People just started laughing. So, all right. She wants this. Um... She's the only one, because I can't cuss at them. So all I have to do is say, hey, tell them what I want. Hey, everyone, shut the fuck up. And they shut the fuck up. So every, every time I see her, hey, remember, shut the fuck up. Okay, great. Now we're on a roll here. So very, very unconventional. <laughs> very unconventional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I try. I try. I'm fun. I still make them do the work, but I'm fun. Huh. So I'm trying to figure out what to do with my evening rather than just podcasts and talk, 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 talk. Whereas my grandmother would say, this is the only Portuguese word I know. Vejavoca, which means shut your mouth. <laughs> Vejavoca. I'd hear her talk to my grandfather in Portuguese. And I'm like, damn, what did I do? <laughs> what did I do? And then my father's mother... Um, because I think people think, oh, I don't know my culture. Oh, I do know my culture. More ways than one. Uh, and how it's associated with food and with spirituality. And my father's mother, like as a little, I can remember being two. And I knew what leche was. And I knew what pan was. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I knew, I knew what the words were. And um, 
So yeah, when whenever they accuse me, oh, you don't know your culture. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, yeah, and I know about not cutting the hair at a certain age. Um, what is it they told me? I think some BS about evil spirits. I don't know. I really don't know. But yeah, the the relationship to music is very strong and it's heightened and, you know, yeah. Doing it? <laughs> it's not. Okay, I was cut off earlier. And, you know, that's ha- that happens. I really shouldn't have to explain myself in this instance. As I get on in years, I, I find I really shouldn't have to explain myself when it comes to technical difficulties. But my relationship with music is so wild that my friend just showed me his tool skull that he got signed. I love them, but like I said, I won't go that far. <laughs> I won't go that far. Uh, I was like a kid on Christmas as he's opening it and you have to put the gloves on and all that shit. So, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. So I thought I would just end it tonight with that. And maybe tomorrow you get a show. Who fucking knows? I am... So I'm in a better place that I don't have to do this all the time. That was good. I lived through that for five fucking years. All right. Um, what can I say for the end of this show? Well, fuck me. Remember those ads? Purpose for visiting California. And they all have to say the cheese. And then some guy says something else. And the lady's like, stick at the rear and open your bags. Yeah. Because I guess we all come here for the cheese. Now I was born here. And um, now it's all about technology. I'm not too far from Silicon Valley. Or as a student said to me, Silicon Valley. <laughs> I thought, okay, you've turned at the wrong intersection. But anyway, I digress. Yes, AI, or as my brother's friend said, one day, Skynet is going to kill all of us in the form of Facebook. Really? That sounds fascinating. All the while I'm sitting there like thinking, you need to get laid more if you think Skynet is going to take us all out via social media. Yeah. Now, AI is coming into the forefront. This is why I thought I'd do this because this is, you know, it's fascinating. You know, every time you say, hey, Siri... What does Siri do? Oh, God, it's the watch now. Even in the weirdest... I mean, can you just imagine during sex, you accidentally say, hey, Siri, and it says, now looking up, creams, (laughs) lubes. Yeah, I got plenty of those. One one time, um, I carry around... uh, What was it? I think it was, uh, like, cleaner for my glasses. And I accidentally had lube in my backpack for work. And I thought, oh, God. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so I had to clean the glasses with my T-shirt because, God forbid, I pulled that out. Oh, what you bring that for? Lunch? <laughs> no. But I'm talking about that because AI, there's going to be a point in time where you could just say, hey, Siri, blow me. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this you know apparatus is going to appear made from that big 3D printer in the sky. And boom, there we go. We've entered the 21st century. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen, okay? I mean, you know, it could come in handy. Hey, Siri, I, I need a new spleen. Okay, boom, it, it 
gives you an explain. And, and I mean, with AI, yes, there are dangers. There are dangers. Some people might use it to clone certain people. Certain people who remain nameless. Now, I've often joked as a teacher, I'd love to have a clone. Okay, you go here, I do this. Everyone's happy. And then when we've collected the money, so where's my cut? Pow. You know, I'll just make another one. <laughs> I'll make another one. Either keep him hooked up to something or, you know. I mean, because in, in retrospect, I can't do my clone. That would be weird. Someone that looks like me. And there's this couple on um, YouTube. They're cute and all, but they look too much alike. And it's like, whoa. And, and you know, I thought the Bobsy twins were scary. But huh, to each his own. I mean, you know, I, I like to keep it interesting. I wear one white sock and one black sock. That's usually when I can't find the other one. And some people see it and laugh. Oh, my God. He's got like at the gym. Some guy said, oh, you've got a white sock and a black sock. Yeah, it was that it was that kind of morning. And he just laughed. And it's like, okay. So just think if AI could fix all that. But see, if AI fixes everything, then what the fuck are we here for? Because not everything needs to be perfect and pristine. You know, designer babies. I mean, you know, in my case, I'd have to rent a uterus. Yeah, that would be interesting. Okay, uh, I don't want it to have that part. Um, yeah, no. That, that's where it's kind of technology is kind of colliding in such a dangerous non-Terminator way. And last night, as I was having my moment on edibles, I all of a sudden was talking to my friend and I started to talk to her in an Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of voice. I thought, this is, you know, because, and I always reference Terminator 2 at work. I'm, I'm shitting you not. Because they were talking about society and I said, raise your hand if you've seen Terminator 2. These were the older kids. What does he say when the little boy asked him that question? And I had to read. They're like, well, show us the clip. So I acted it out for them. We're not going to make it. People. It's in your nature to destroy yourselves. And I did that. And they're like, oh, Russian. I said, no. The Terminator was not Russian. He had a German and Austrian accent. Dr. Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's right. And they were just kind of like, okay. Ah, Silicon Valley. Or as they say, the student, Silicon Valley. <laughs> Why? Why? I, I knew someone with silicone. Hey, that was her choice. You know what I mean? That's what you want to do. Not for me. No, I'm good. Now, if... You know, you have an incident and one ball is removed. I'm all for that. You want to get a silicone silicone ball? Great. You know, maybe it'll have like a vibrating thing in the back, you know. But, um, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. It's a, It's been an interesting day. Why am I recording this? I don't know. Sometimes it's just like, fuck it. Let's do it. Maybe it's the remains of the edible. The edible came and went. I woke up this morning and thought, oh shit, I left something lit. Not just myself. <laughs> Thankfully, it was in the cup. It did its job. 
It was a healing candle. It was like, all right, there we go. Because I, I, I even forgot to take something that I take at night. <laughs> so I was tired. Now, if I were to say, hey, Siri, in a very um, telekinesis way, it would bring me what I need to take at night. Then that's really freaky. And that's where human evolution is kind of like, okay, we've ended right now. The computers are taking over. Computers are great for some things. You know, when you have that math problem, you just don't know how to do it. I wish that it existed when I was in school. Or when you take, you're doing your cardio and you're running and walking and how many have I done? Okay. And you know how you have that quota. It's good for things like that or ordering, you know. I could order something from my car and boom, it's right there. That's where it comes in handy. But the moment it takes away the fun things, (laughs) then we're in big fucking trouble. I don't know what else to tell you, you know? Even even a laugh. Laughter, which is so... I mean, we all need it. And as I say that, today would have been the 100th first birthday of Miss Beatrice Arthur. B. Arthur. Dorothy Spornak. Maud. All right? And I thought I'd give her a shout-out because you want to talk about someone who knew the psychology and the science of laughter. <laughs> it was B. Arthur. From Maud, Archie Bunker's very radical feminist sister was uh, a sister-in-law to her own show Maud, where she, you know, at 50, was she, how old was her character? 50? And she was going to get an abortion in the 70s. Yeah. To playing Dorothy Spornak. On Golden Girls, which in fact, and I've seen the documentary, was written as a B. Arthur type character. And she obviously had to do the show. Cheesecake included. Oh, this is just one of those nights where I'm like, okay, it's hot. Well, it's California hot. It's not hot as Hades. If I want, if it's hot as Hades, then I have to go somewhere else. And Hades does sound kind of fun right now. But right now, it's the day before Mother's Day. I hope you all have gotten your gifts. Keep in mind, now people are like, oh, it's not such a big deal. Well, for the person who pushed you out, burped you, breastfed you, screamed at you on occasion, or in my case, I'm the only one she ever had to slap in the face. Oh, yeah, I was a bad boy. Uh... Most of the grays she got from me. The other two, eh. The other two, you know, I mean, my brother, I think he, he had, she had to pour water on him one time because he wouldn't wake up. Where with me, that would just flicker the lights. It's time to get up. You don't get up. I call the truancy police. No! Yeah. It was a very interesting time. <laughs> I did not like school. Now, it's the other side of the spectrum. Now, I can't wait to go to work. All right, you motherfuckers, we're going to do this today. Now, I don't go in there like that. It's kind of like, okay, how are we doing? Oh, oh I got, I'm feeling like a one. You're feeling like a one and you're here. Why aren't you like a five or something? Well, how do you feel? I feel like a 10. Uh, you feel like a 10 because you're getting paid? I'm feeling like a 10 because it's good to see all of you. Huh, you know... 
you have to give the customers what they want. A smile, which I know how to do even when I don't feel like it. Humor, but then that's life itself. And uh, bribe, lots of chips, candy, and my very famous saying, don't tell me, show me. All right. As for the silicone, silicon, not silicone. That's where my mind is at. Yeah. Uh, Silicon Valley. (laughs) It's all about, please don't overly tell me or show me. Just show me how to get to the Warfield and my parking garage. That is it. As always, good fucking night.